screw top wine bottles, sensible modern day convenience, or the end of civilization? Hmm. I'm I'm gonna go with modern day convenience because I I I am definitely a fan of wine, but I'm not a super big fan of the sort of pretentious side of wine drinking. I'm like a casual wine drinker, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think a screw top sort of embodies that side of the the wine spectrum. It's a slippery slope, though. Like, I don't want to do like a Supreme Court type thing, but like this is uh, because like it, it feels like screw top wine bottles are that's what leads to uh, calling uh, sparkling wine and champagnes fizzy wine. I think it's what leads to oh. dessert wine. Oh, no. It, the fizzy? I'm sorry. I haven't heard that before. Fizz, okay, so fizzy wine? Yes. And then also there are these things where you'll see um, you'll see wines that come in like Red Bull style or like beer style cans. Oh, yeah. I do not like this at all. And I am not a pretentious wine person. Like I... I like whenever somebody starts talking about tannins and like a bunch of, like a bunch of BS. I'm like, I, I, I just no, stop it. But uh, so I'm on the fence. I do, I, I do like the screw or like the 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 screw cap instead of the traditional cork. Like it is convenient, but I don't know, man. The only thing I'll I'll say though about the traditional corked bottle is it is really satisfying to open a bottle of wine. There's there's something about that process. It is, and actually, can I? Uh, so do do you have a nice uh, corkscrew or wine opener? Well, so we we have a one of those little foil cutters, just a little like you know five dollar one on Amazon. That's like a circle. Then you kind of squeeze in on the sides, and then do mm-hmm. a little turnaround, and so that mm-hmm. that works pretty well. And mm-hmm. then a couple of years ago, I bought. It's called the Rabbit wine you can, you can look it up it's it's um it's one of those things where it's got like a little lever on the top that you <sighs> pull back and then you put the um kind of the corkscrew right on the the cork and then you pull the lever back into place and then pull it back out and then you can push it back in one more time to get the cork off of the um corkscrew yeah, I've always thought these like these seem like they need like a master's degree in engineering to know oh, how they work. That I mean, that's actually the the biggest selling point is before buying this thing, I just I was a mess opening wine with just like traditional corkscrews. This mm-hmm. make this makes it totally easy. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go low rent with with that recommendation that you just gave. I'll send you a link to this. And you can put in the show notes. So IKEA has a has a corkscrew that I bought on a whim like uh, like seven years ago. And it's, it's like they have, you know how Ikea has, they either have like the super, super cheap crap and they have the stuff that's media, like a mid range price. That's actually good. This, this falls into the latter category. Uh It's $7 and it is so functional as a great, um, uh, wine decor. Like what is the actual term of this? It's not a wine opener, isn't it? I just, yeah, I think, I think wine opener or corkscrew. Corkscrew. But something that somebody brought to my attention, um, (laughs) <laughs> like uh, two months ago is that it actually has a built-in foil cutter well that that's funny because the literally the next words out of my mouth were going to be looking at this picture it seems like it also has a built-in foil cutter it does and it's amazing because before i would do the really inelegant 
take a sharp knife. Uh huh. Yep. Oh yes. <laughs> and have some very close calls. And thank, thanking God that um, I have health insurance. <laughs> Actually, d- does health insurance cover you if it's due to stupidity? <laughs> I, I think. I actually um, don't know. I should call Blue Cross. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was going to be covered under um, Trump Care or not. Yeah, the Graham Cassidy. I don't know if they cover yeah, uh, yeah, wine sure. related. Uh huh. Right. But fortunately, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, it's it's never <clears throat> it's never dead. Yeah, it's true. Because um, even after they pulled the vote, uh, the, the president said that uh, they have enough votes, even though uh, Mitch McConnell literally said, "No, we don't." <laughs> um, but no, this uh, uh, early early in the show, Chef Special, like this this is the best seven dollars you will ever spend. Like it, it is held up fantastically. And yeah, the, those six years of close calls with uh, knives trying to get rid of some foil so I can uh, decork something. Um, yeah, this this is this is kind of the best. Super functional, very very Swedish. Yeah, this this is this is really nice. And uh, yeah, obviously you can't beat the price. And that was um, a, a selling point on that rabbit that I bought. Is I, I had gotten it um, at uh, on a sale, so I, it didn't cost very much. Because um, you can go, you can go really. Um, fancy and expensive with with corkscrews and including like electronic <laughs> ones. I mean, there's a whole. Oh God, no, no, that really. Yeah, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't even consider an electronic one, even putting the price aside, just because. Again, like going back to what I originally brought up, where there's just there's a there's a process in opening a bottle of wine. That's ridiculous. Wait, even the way actually the Rabbit brand makes it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, nah, I don't like this at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if. Um, this might be like a Kleenex situation. I don't know if the, the one that I have is actually like rabbit branded. I, I just. Oh, I was, you got you got an Amazon basic. <laughs> I was just told that that was the the style of what this was. Maybe it is rabbit branded. I, I didn't really even pay attention to the brand when I bought it. No, it's OK. Well, you can go to the kitchen. We'll wait. <laughs> no, please don't. Um, do you let's let's keep this going for a sec so we not to talk about kneeling. Um do you subscribe to well actually you're in a two-person household so maybe this isn't that important uh to like vacuvin or like the little wine stoppers to prolong um the like usefulness of an open bottle of wine so it's funny you bring this up because it's almost like we planned this i i (laughs) no we didn't (laughs) recently got into the um yeah the 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 vacuum saver or whatever they're called vacuvin is the one i use vacuvin yes that that's the one that we have it's, you know, you get the little vacuum thing and then one of the caps for, I think, what, 7 or $8 on Amazon. And mm-hmm. then you can get a, a six-pack of additional caps for, like, another 6 or $7. And, yeah, they, they work pretty well. I, I know that the Sweet Home, and we will put this in the notes, they have a whole big article about best wine preservers, which I had read before going with the, the vacuum uh, seal solution. And they, they spend that entire article trashing <laughs> the vacuum stuff, and they give all kinds of different reasons as to why it's not a good way to preserve wine. But the one that they recommend is just too weird. It's like a spray. Have you seen this? No, but I'm already... No, I'm checked out. Yeah, or, so you... No. You... Um, it's like a... It's a, it's a canister, almost like, um, you know, the cans of compressed air. It, it, lo- it looks like one of those, including the fact that... It's got like the little straw thing. Um, and the, the, the best part about it is, and the Sweet Home calls us out in their review, 
is <laughs> when you uh, when it arrives at your home and you take it out of the box and you're holding the can because it's just it's just like inert gas or something in there it feels as if the can is empty <laughs> and so there's there's really no way to know um like how much of it is left as you're as you're using it so it's it, it, the whole the whole thing just it i i'm sure that their recommendation from the perspective of yes that does the best job at actually keeping your wine fresh is accurate but it's it, too ridiculous it, again yeah just a little a little too um a little too weird for me yeah I, I i find that the the vacuum seal thing works really well and again you know going back to the very beginning of this discussion i don't consider myself a very fussy wine drinker so you know i i honestly think i could probably get away with just putting the cork back in and think me things would be fine sure but again the the, va the vacuum thing actually similar to the whole idea of opening a bottle of wine being kind of a satisfying thing to do i i find the the vacuum thing to be that way as well mm -hmm. yeah so even if it's not doing anything it's just kind of fun to do yeah it's like swiping away the apps on your iphone except oh. it's not oh, don't mm -mm. nope oh. don't, don't, uh. don't get me started on that um and you already know the, the good episodes are when we talk about nonsense for three hours right um uh, okay where well, let's see what else do i have that's not related to football um so can i be preachy real quick uh -huh. and i'm gonna talk about week two of my restricted twitter strategy okay and i com and i completely understand that i sound like one of those awful people who brag about not having tv or cable i really understand that and i apologize in advance but it's going really well man super endorse it like you you, sh you should give it a try um yeah it's pretty great uh i know you don't listen to atp anymore but marco kind of retroactively stole my idea so he did kind of the same thing um where he deleted it from his phone he still uses it on his computer which is kind of my strategy and it's pretty satisfying, and he brought up a, uh, a benefit that I had trouble articulating, which is when you don't have it on your phone, it completely eliminates the kind of you're still in bed and you're about to go to bed, or you're waking up and you're still in bed, and you look at just like upsetting, terrible things on your phone. And you, it's tough to overstate how nice it is for that not to be the case. So I think so we talked about this offline a couple of days ago and I, I thought you made you made a really good point where you know you you sort of clarified to me that while you're not using Twitter all the time that by no means is an indication that you're not following the news closely but just through other means. Well so that and that's that's been your argument kind of is is that you feel and you, you feel free to tell me if I'm misstating your 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 position is that like you feel that maybe ignoring Twitter or not being actively engaged in the news cycle is potentially what got us into our current mess, and you feel that that might be irresponsible a little bit. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair, and I've more and more leaned on Twitter as being a way to stay informed. But I don't know since we've had that conversation a couple of days ago, like one thing that I kind of can't get out of my head is that. I feel like if I were to take all or maybe at least some of the time mm -hmm. that I'm spending on Twitter mm -hmm. where I'm sort of just looking at 
a lot of different things, but not looking at a lot of details on any of those things. And instead took that time and read the New York Times or the Washington Post and read through full articles and really got into the details on on more stuff. I feel like maybe that would be a more productive use of my time. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm still reading the New York Times and the Washington Post, and I'm uh, listening. I like that's time that, like, I, I now have, I can maybe fit an extra episode of a good, worthwhile podcast in. Um, like, I, I don't think not being on Twitter disengages you from the news or the news cycle. I think it just allows you to get it in a way where it's not like just like a a, a bunch of monkeys throwing eggs with headlines printed on it yeah your face like i i don't like it's just like it, twitter's a really ineffective unless you're using twitter through like actually and i haven't tried this yet but you, do you know that thing uh nuzzle the app that uses your twitter feed to take the links and kind of creates like a a dig style thing where whatever got linked to the most in 24 hours through the people that you follow gets curated into like its own like news magazine thing i think i think you told me about that you yeah know. so so i think that is maybe a good tool that i could use but no like i think that's i don't know I, it, this is working for me so highly endorse i think what i'm gonna give a real good look at maybe i'll make this a, a goal before next week's show is really cutting down on the number of people i follow on twitter because I think, I, I, for me, I don't think cutting it out entirely is going to be the right answer, but I do think spending less time on it is probably a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you face the problem of the, it being a temptation before or after bed? Or not after bed, when waking up? <laughs> I've, so before bed, no. Waking up, yes, but I've gotten a lot better. So how do you police yourself? I police myself mostly by telling myself and then kind of rewarding myself with if I get up earlier and then, you know, get into the office earlier, that maybe gives me, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes when I get into the office where I can get kind of settled in and get caught up on that stuff. Okay. That's pretty good, actually. I, I, I am, I'm envious and in, in awe that you, that, that you can do that for yourself or that you have that own personal level of like, internal policing and accountability i wouldn't i wouldn't say i wouldn't say i'm perfect with that but i over the last couple of months that that's been been an area i've tried to get better at because I, i've definitely had stretches where i'll sit in bed for half an hour or something just oh God. goofing around on my phone and that yeah that's just just a very unproductive way to start the day yeah cool uh okay do you want to talk about i have it in my in my thing as uh, this week in bullshit do you want to talk about <laughs> it could be our it could be a new segment uh if we, if we had segments so I, I i have twitter blocked on this computer so i'll just send a, i'll send a link to you <laughs> uh it should auto expand in, in in slack uh i i echo the sentiments of mr draymond green still wondering how this guy is running our country thinking face emoji times three it's been a really stupid week yeah, and I'm, um, you know, I, I don't, let's not rehash everything that happened, um, but I, I think there are a couple of things that I, I feel pretty strongly about. One is, it's perfectly within everyone's right to disagree with the way some NFL players have decided to 
um, protest, police brutality, racial discrimination, and other causes that they've chosen to bring up during the um, national anthem. But it's not okay to suggest, as our orange man of a president has over this last week, that those players shouldn't be allowed to do that or that they should be punished for doing so. Like That's where I think the the conversation needs to be separated. And it's beyond infuriating that we have a president who, again, is suggesting that not only is this wrong, but that they shouldn't be allowed to do it. Um, and then the other, the other point that I want to bring up is, you know, we spent the entire weekend talking about or commenting on the president talking about Steph Curry and about the NFL. Meanwhile, there is a humanitarian crisis happening in Puerto Rico that seemingly has gotten completely lost in the news. And it's not to say that the racial issues that have been brought up through the whole NFL and NBA discussions over the weekend aren't important, but it's just a shame that we have a president who I think pretty clearly, I don't, I don't think he's a very smart man, but I do think one thing that he has a pretty good sense of is how to distract people and specifically how to distract the media. And when there's a topic like Puerto Rico that he doesn't want to get into, he'll find a way to change the conversation. And I, I think that's disgusting. And it's, it's, really, it's really frustrating. So I agree with you, but I, honestly, I actually don't think that's the case this time. I th- I, like, do you honestly, or you think that this was mainly he wanted, he thinks the media thought Puerto Rico was going badly and he, this was a distraction specifically for that? No, I, no, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not even really sure that he had a particular topic, Puerto Rico or otherwise in mind, but I do think that he likes driving the media narrative. Sure. Like, for me, what, what's, what's challenging is, so this happened at, at a rally that he had on Friday, and the, the part that I don't get is he's the president of the United States, and like he was, he he won. Like he he was elected. Like why do these thing? What like what? You, you have actual shit to do. Like why why are these rallies happening? So he goes on and, and speaks for like ninety minutes at a time, and then I think he just gets bored or just wants to just say some crowd pleasing stuff. So he'll he'll just he just says whatever like a some seven year old guy is going to say that's politically incorrect, and like and that's how we end up in this situation. Like that's one like I think what I have one of the bigger issues with it's like why is a person who's nine months into office and has accomplished nothing other than just being bad at the job is still having like campaign events well i mean i think there's two parts of that one is he's obviously incredibly insecure and two he has a long documented you know on the record history of indicating how much he enjoys picking fights and you know, something. What we've gone through these past few days is a, is a perfect intersection of those two desires. Well, but like this isn't like I mean the rallies aren't necessarily to pick fights. Like why why would you even like you can have press events and you can have like th- like but I don't think the rally has the stated goal of I'm just going to talk shit about for for an hour and a half in front of a a bunch of people who are carrying signs with my name on them. Anyway, um, 
On the plus side, AT&T is offering refunds to anybody offended by uh, some grown men uh, kneeling for 45 seconds. Ugh. So that's a thing. This whole thing... The, hmm. We're, we're going to move on. But like, it's just it's frustrating because I understand... Like, the form of protest... Like, I mean... Uh, whether or not that like this is the most effective way to bring awareness about... Uh, uh, bad policing and, and, and racial injustice and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you, people can debate whether or not this is the best venue or the most effective way to do it. But like the the way the whole discussion is being framed as it's a like respect for the flag versus military argument is is super dumb. And and it's really frustrating that going along with this morning's uh, episode of the Daily, where it's re- it's really frustrating um, as awful coastal elites that we are. Like just thinking like that 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 is something that like is resonates so easily and just drives um a certain type of voter i yeah that I think that's that's a really good point and it's it's an indication that people like Trump are ignorant of the core issue or the real issue that's being protested against, or more cynically, and I would say probably more likely. They understand what the issue is and are purposefully trying to demean it. Most definitely. Moving on. All right. Um, yeah, and also that Greg Popovich thing was pretty was pretty good. Uh huh. Yeah, he's um, he's great. Yeah, and we have to look to him for um, moral leadership in this country. Not that he's not a, good, a great guy, but like he just I don't think we need to. It it feels weird to look to sports coaches. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. What does Phil Jackson think? <laughs> anyway. All right. Do you want to talk, talk about Apple stuff? Yeah, we, prob- we probably should. I mean, I, I know you generally don't like talking about the Apple stuff, but this is, I mean, as, as Jason Snell frequently points out this time of year, I mean, this is, this is the, I'll all speak from a CPA perspective. This is the busy season of, of, of Apple's year. <laughs> Jesus. Um. <laughs> this is this is harvest season in in wine parlance, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Let, let's. So I have. I, I want to discuss the 4K Apple TV first, and then we'll get into probably the angry part because I I don't dislike my watch, but you apparently are are living and you feel you feel slighted personally. By, yeah. By by the uh, updates <laughs> to the Apple Watch. So f- 4K Apple TV. Um, it's, it's a thing that exists now that's $30 more expensive than the old one. Cause the old one didn't take a price drop cause Apple doesn't care. Um, because this is still a hobby to them and it supports 4k, uh, it's pretty nice, I guess. Um, and colors look weird on it. Do you have anything else to add? So 4k, which I had brought up a little while ago within the context of my Xbox one S is a total mess and there's just all kinds of weird like requirements and other specs so i mean everybody knows you know okay 4k it's four times the resolution of 1080 like that make that all makes sense but then there you get into all these levels of complexity around that with like chroma sampling and with um like 12-bit versus 8-bit colors and like all like all this different stuff that's like well a can can determine whether 
the device works or not. I mean, we, we talked about how that Xbox One S only works in 4K on HDMI 1 on, on our TV. Um, but then also, I guess, the different color samplings or chroma samplings or whatever can also impact like photo quality like it's just it's a whole it's a whole rabbit hole um so the first thing i wanted to ask you is where where did you settle on which input you plugged your apple tv into uh i mean right yeah so it's it's on hdmi one like you told me to before it was on hdmi two and all the settings worked and i've moved it and now it is configured the same way and i have the ultra color or whatever's on and it still looks bad so, so yeah i couldn't so the 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 whole was it like 420 versus 422 colors like i don't really even know what that means um mm-hmm. you know i sent you that screenshot from our tv manual which indicates that in order for the four- can i clarify real quick yeah it, you you were saying that we have the same model of tv not that we do like a monday wednesday friday type like tv sharing agreement <laughs> it sounds like the other way we have the same tv model yes <laughs> um our manual says that the that <laughs> that 422 color only works when you have uhd color enabled and uhd color only works on hdmi one on our tv and I, I couldn't even get, I, when I put it on 422, it, it would, there would just be a black screen and I would have to unplug the power from the Apple TV and plug it back in to get it to work again. Even plugged into HDMI 1 with UHD color on. But then you, were, you, you said you were able to turn it on on HDMI 2, which is not supposed to be possible. So you know that thing that like, like going back 15 years, like where Windows was like, you were changing the resolution on your thing. There's this like pop-up window that says you have 15 seconds to see, like, can you actually see a picture? Uh-huh. Like the Apple TV does that. Where it's like right afterward, it says like, can you still see this? Or like, is is this okay? And it and then I hit okay, and then it's fine. It's like, yes, you're on four, colon two, colon two, whatever that actually means. That's That's what I expected it to do. But with me, I did it and the picture just never came back. Maybe you're using, and again, I don't know anything about this. Like I'm, I, I'm into technology, but I don't know a shit about home theater. Um, maybe you're using a slow HDMI cable, which apparently there's a thing. Yeah, so there's high speed HDMI cables, and I am, I am using high speed HDMI cables. So I, I don't know. I haven't, haven't played with it since then. Um, but so I mean, so the, so the kind of again, total first world problem. But so now the issue that I have is. Um, I've got the Xbox One S and now I've got the Apple TV 4K. And so the issue with the Xbox is that it literally won't run in 4K unless your input on the, t- on the TV supports 12-bit color in 4K. And on our TV, HDMI's ports 2 and 3 only support 4K and 8-bit color. So I'm going to have to... Um, m- well, I already, I, I temporarily unplugged the Xbox, but I'm going to have to move the Xbox to one of the other, or I'm going to have to move the Xbox back to HDMI 1 and then move the Apple TV, I guess, to either HDMI 2 or HDMI 3. Um, but then I don't know if I'm sacrificing any quality by doing that. I don't know. The whole, the whole I can, thing. I can tell you it looks, it, it, it says it's doing 4 colon 2 colon 2 on both ports and it looks equally the same. Yeah, that's so because it's not four four two two is not even supposed to be possible on hdmi two and three but 
Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not actually doing the extra color thingy, but yeah, I don't may, know. So, so let me let me let me get like my or let me ask you about my key frustration. The color looks worse on this, and I don't. And I'm trying to figure out: Do you think it looks better? Like the clarity, like is is uh, uh, splendid or uh, splendid? It looks it looks great, but white now looks gray, and like it doesn't look right. So. No matter what the color, HDMI, UHD, Super Color, Super Retina, whatever the hell it's called, like I've, I've fiddled with all those settings. It doesn't like if I switch to TiVo and look at a white image, and if I look, if I plug in the old Apple TV and look at a white image, it looks right, and this doesn't. So the menu on the new Apple TV, when you have it running in 4K with HDR, and I, I haven't tried it any other way, yes, I think the the colors look off, like specifically the background color looks off compared to the old Apple TV. So with that, that is actually the key place I see it. But the thing is, it's not even the menu. Like, so I've I've tried it in like white or light mode and dark mode. Dark mode now, instead of being gray, looks brown, which I think is based off the most recent aerial screensaver it's done or something. But yeah, like the, the icon for YouTube and watch ESPN like whatever icon has a white background even those look weird so a I totally forgot that tvOS 11 introduced dark mode thank you for reminding me of that I need I need no no it it, no it's always had it I've been running it for years oh I thought the light one hurts my eyes or it or just it just looks bad I can't unless it's like really yeah okay I need to switch my apple tv to that um but two with with this being said about the menu I mean the the other point of comparison or the other use that i've had so far is um so on friday night we watched the martian that's the one one itunes purchase i have that had been upgraded to 4k hdr right away the potato movie yeah Uh uh-huh and i mean that that looked incredible and I, I don't know if it was the 4K. I don't know if it was the HDR or some combination of the two. I'm, I'm guessing probably some combination of the two. But, I mean, it, it looked really, really good. So, uh, you so know. maybe it's just the menus. Yeah, because, like, watching video, like, I mean, even though I know, like, HBO Now and stuff is, like, is getting super upscaled, like, I don't really have that issue with color dirt while watching any video. Also, have you have you watched have you watched any 4K content yet? Other than the screensavers, no. <laughs> and the screensavers also look tremendous. Yeah, there's this guy. Not to derail the the derail uh, on on the afternoon Dubai uh, uh, traffic one. Uh, there's a guy who misses his exit or almost does, and it gets me super anxious. <laughs> Like you can tell, like he and he he crosses over a couple of like of like double yellow lines to to make his turn, but it, it's it's you wouldn't have seen that in 1080p. <laughs> no, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's pretty good though. But um, it does feel like there's fewer. Maybe it just hasn't downloaded many of them, but it does see like seem like I'm seeing a lot of. Re- I I haven't seen any of the San Francisco ones. Yeah, I think I think they sort of download and swap themselves out over time. I I, I want to say that when you're going through the initial setup and you have the option of of turning those on it warns you that those things are like i think it's like 7 or 800 megabytes each well, and, and i'm cool with that and i and i said update daily but i just haven't seen any of the san francisco ones all i've seen is dubai and lax and like the orange sand desert yeah uh-huh yeah 
Anyway, sorry, please continue. Uh, so Martian looks amazing. Yeah, so I mean, the, the the one use case so far is 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 this iTunes movie that that we had, and I mean, yeah, it, it looked it looked really really good. Um, but you know, it, it's not it's not my first experience with 4K. We, um, I had mentioned I had made Stranger Things a, a pick of the week a, a few episodes back, and we had watched that in 4K. <laughs> Yeah, using the built-in Netflix app on on the Samsung TV here, so you know we've we've been ha- we've had 4K for a little while, but um, but the the Martian in particular looked looked really really good. But I mean, also you know I I think my takeaway is everyone's takeaway with 4K and HDR is sure. I mean, it looks it looks better than HD, no doubt, but it's it's not the same as going from like standard def to high def was not not even close to that. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a very very long time for a lot of content to be available in 4K. So it just yeah, it's it's totally whatever, but it's fine. It's since Apple seems to not um, again since this, this is still a hobby for Apple, I think we should take what we get and that hopefully as content catches up, we'll maybe get a box update in five years. <laughs> maybe uh, update a remote that makes it super easy to find out which way is up now. Does it? No. No, it doesn't. Actually, to be honest, the the ring around the menu button, it it is more pronounced than I thought it was going to be. So it kind of does. But it's still like if you're not pressing the menu button, it still poses the issue where you pick it up and you're not looking and you don't know whether you're holding the bottom or the touchpad. And the, the, the real problem is that's like if you graze the touchpad, whatever you're doing, just uh, your afternoon's over. You got you to dig yourself out. Yeah, I mean, and I'll I'll stick by what I've said before, which is I just don't really ever use the remote. I use the you know, the Harmony remote that that I have and then as one of I think this was on your pick of the week last week, you called out the fact that you can now control the Apple TV directly from Control Center, so oh, yeah. controlling the Apple TV from your phone, which was already great, has now gotten even better. So I I have better input devices than the stupid remote it comes with. Um, anything else? No, that's that's pretty much it for it. I think. So yeah, so I think still still some more tinkering I want to do with all the the 4K settings. Um, and probably want to you know watch a couple more movies in 4K. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> so far it's you know it, it's um it's fine. Um, si- kind of a sidebar question. Um. Uh, about our, our tv mm-hmm. our tv <laughs> just gonna do that to, to bother you now it doesn't bother me but it just really does feel like it's like it's a timeshare that a, that some seven-year-olds would cook up for a super soaker uh-huh that's nice super soaker alliteration do um, you, you don't have the like the promotion thing turned on do you no, it's I do not have the thing that makes it look like everything was shot on a Sony eight millimeter handicam. Right, yeah, because our t- the TV's only sixty hertz technically, but it has like this mode where it sort of simulates one twenty. So you have you have that turned off. Yes, but also the TV actually does well in that like it will. I'm pretty sure it natively will down downsample is the wrong word, but it will like adjust to either thirty or twenty four hertz or frames per second or or whatever it happens to be. But yeah, but the native is 60 hertz, and you, you by default, it, it does have that thing turned on where everything gets frame interpolation. I think, yeah, so you, you've turned that yeah. off. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think when, when, yeah, when, when you got my TV, I think I sent you pictures of all, all the settings as best I could possibly get them, like to the John Syracuse standard of of not having awful TV-ness. Yeah, I still, I still don't really like the TV, but that's a different topic. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's, it's fine, but it's what what are you gonna do? You gonna watch everything on your twenty seven inch iMac? That could be an option that you have if you if you get the prices right. Well, no, because cra- crazily, this 4K stuff on iTunes doesn't run on the Mac. It's... Well, yeah, you can't, you can't trust filthy Mac users. They're going to pirate your stuff. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah. that's, that's not the issue. They let the, you can watch HD movies on your, on your Mac, but for some well, reason... No, but they... but they, they, don't want, they don't want to give 2160 uh, content because that, like, that's... I think their concern and the movie rights holder concern is that that will give too high quality to um, for uh, piracy things. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a twenty one sixty source content, if you then compress that down to ten eighty, like you will have very like there's some quality loss when you go ten eighty to ten eighty, like to compress for um, stuff that fell off the back of a truck. So I think that's the concern. Got it. Yeah. All right. Apple Watch? Yeah, well, let's get into that. So I think I collapsed it, but um, <laughs> I have the first item as Ryan is super mad about absence of podcast support. <laughs> angry, angry face. So wh- why are wh- you, you seem you seem distraught? What's what's wrong? So virtually every use case that I have where I would want to just leave my phone at home and just take my watch. And the, the common examples of this would be going out on a run and walking down to the nearby grocery store or Walgreens to pick up something. And in both of those use cases, the thing that I'm doing is listening to podcasts. And I knew coming in that podcasts weren't really supported on Apple Watch, but I, you know, because there wasn't this cellular capability before, never really even bothered um, looking into what the, the podcasts solution was and i mean it's 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 crazy so you know quick little summary of what you have to do you have to download podcast mp3 or you know it doesn't have to be mp3 but the the audio files of your favorite podcast bring them into itunes go into the info of that file make sure that the media type is set as music and not other or podcast or whatever the other options in there are sync those um, files to your iPhone, then add them to a playlist inside of Apple Music on your iPhone, then mark that playlist as something that you want to sync to your Apple Watch in the Apple Watch app, and then go through the process of actually then syncing that playlist to your Apple Watch. And I mean, so that in and of itself, right, sounds pretty terrible. And then, but when you get into the details of this, it's even worse because the syncing process between your phone and the watch, so you, you have to take your watch off and plug it into the charger. That's the only time it'll sync. And it takes about 10 to 20 minutes per podcast episode to complete the sync because the Apple Watch only supports data transfer over Bluetooth and not over the much much faster wi-fi chip that it has so it takes forever and when you finally go through all this um rigmarole as you would say and you get the podcast on your watch there's no way to skip to a certain section 
of the track. So if you had been listening to that podcast on your phone and wanted to pick up where you had left off, there's no way to do that. There's no fast forward, no 30 second skip, n- none of that uh, um, on the in the music player on Apple Watch. So I on Saturday, I, I went through this whole process, got an episode of a podcast on my watch and, and did it, you know, left my phone at home, went for a run, paired my Powerbeats headphones to the watch directly. Yeah, I got text messages, I got third party push notifications, you know, it, it all it all worked just as you would dream it. But it's not a it's not a sustainable thing to do regularly. So it's a huge bummer. Podcast support was never promised, so I, I don't see how you could be super bummed out that because that is not a supported like what what you're describing is the best current workaround, which is a really bad workaround. Like Apple never said you'd be able to do this, right? They didn't, but I guess I I was holding out hope that whatever hacky solution there was would work out better than it does like i i didn't realize the really long transfer times from the phone to the watch and then i also didn't realize the fact that you're not able to skip around on a track um on the watch um so like when you get into the details even that hacky solution is like worse than what i thought it was going to be yeah but but the transfer times i mean if like i don't know i i would just be cognizant of like the other limitations like when like when you uh, probably updated your you had a series two or a series one Ser- series two got it. like so when you updated it to i watch os4 like i mean th- that happened so painfully slowly like and if you just kind of think of everything else on the watch of how transfers go like it's like it was gonna be bad yeah i guess i just i didn't yeah i, I didn't really put that together um but so to, to i guess to end this on a, a bit of a positive note i mean the one thing that i'm I'm holding out hope for a little bit is so watch os 4.1 came out today which brings the apple music over cellular functionality on board and the key piece to that is it supports streaming music from your um, music library as well so what that means is that you'll be able to still go through this crummy process that i described but the thing that you won't have to do is sync the tracks to your watch so it's still going to be a a crappy experience where you're going to have to remember to have these podcast files synced to itunes um, and then you're going to have to start from the beginning of an episode whenever you you know go out without your phone but it's at least a little bit better than the solution we have now so I'm I'm holding out hope that that'll be a semi okay solution for now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I, yeah. It is it is a bummer. I do like not to be contrarian, but like I I do think I don't know what people expected when it was gonna be a cellular. Like I I don't like I don't find having the watch or having the phone with me that cumbersome or tedious a process. And going out for like runs and, and like leaving your phone at home, like I would still be super anxious about it. Just thinking realistically about about battery life, like just because like I, I we've we've heard from reviews that like sustained use of LTE nets you just like a single hour of battery life. When Apple says the entire thing like with mixed use is supposed to get you um, eighteen hours, like if you're doing 
like if if the ideal thing happens where somehow like uh, and in you'll probably put in the show notes marco arment had a who writes overcast um had a really good article about all the stuff that's missing as part of watch os that would allow um like a competent developer to make um a good po- a podcast app natively for the watch um like if that actually happened and you're streaming a, a podcast over lte and you have your airpods in that are working over bluetooth and you're going for a run that's using gps like you're bad you're like your your watch is going to die in the middle of it so i this phone free future i i just don't necessarily see it yet i don't know maybe maybe i'm just being a pessimist but like i don't i don't really see that as being a thing for a very long time yeah i I mean we've talked about this before too i the battery life thing has not been an issue with me i mean again looking at my watch been up since 7 15 7 30 this morning been using it regularly throughout the day went for a run this evening and with or without your phone with, with my phone so well, that's the thing. So, so I'm saying, sure, the battery life well, is but I, but I'm totally. At, but I'm at 77 percent right now. So I have I have a lot of a lot of wiggle room. I the LTE radios are are not that. Or I mean, they they I don't know. Just it, they, because when you're doing a run like that, it's able to offload almost everything that's battery intensive to your phone, and is only sipping a slight bit of power to sync data over Bluetooth. When that all becomes reliant on the watch uh, to to fire up the three most power intensive radios all at once, sustained for a long time, I just think that's not gonna not gonna be uh, the experience people want. We'll have to I'll have to test that out more, um, and I'll be able to once this Apple um, Music Library support comes comes on in in four point one. the The experience though that I had. Uh, with that one time that I really did sort of leave my phone behind and just use the watch, it, it was less about battery life concerns and more about it's still just really difficult to communicate over Apple Watch. Where like I, I had a, a text message that I got that I wanted to respond to, and I'm not sure if I'm doing something wrong or if I have bad luck or if Siri just hates me. But it seemed like the consensus from a lot of the reviews was that Siri was way better and worked really well on this new watch. That has not been my experience at all. Siri is just as bad on the watch as it's as it's ever been, where it, it doesn't doesn't recognize half of what I say. Probably a quarter of the time I go to use it, it just says, sorry, something went wrong and just doesn't even let me say anything to begin with. Like Siri on on the watch for me is a total mess. And, you know, unless you want to sit there and use the little scribble functionality they added into, I think, starting in watchOS 3, or, or if you want to just try to use one of your quick responses, the only other way to input stuff into the Apple Watch is Siri. So if you're responding to texts, it's... It, it's kind of still pretty tough to do on the watch. So it's it's great that you were able to get text messages, but you know, kind of good good luck responding to them. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't use it, the watch is is simply a notification device for me. So I, I don't know. But I mean, yeah, Sirius seemed fine in the couple times I've used it. I haven't gotten any of the um, "I'll tap you when I'm ready" stern responses yet. So I don't know. Um, the positive side on the communication, though, is um, I always had terrible luck using the watch as a phone before. Like whenever I would 
answer a phone call on the watch, people would just say they like couldn't hear me or like I couldn't hear them. Like it was just always really unreliable. Um, that seems to be much, much better. Um, like people have not even noticed that I'm, that I'm on the watch, which kind of seems to be a, a common experience that people have had. Um, and the speaker is clearly way, way better on the series three than it even was like on the series two. So that, that part works pretty well, but it's not, not really something that I, I'm going to use a ton because I don't even use my phone to talk on the phone a lot. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm a specific use case, I guess, where basically anytime I'd be in a situation where I don't need my phone, I'd be wanting to listen to podcasts. And that's just not really something you can easily do right now. So for me, the Series 3 doesn't add a ton of value. But again, I'm, I'm hoping that with this, you know, cellular Apple music kind of hack that I'll be able to do. And then hopefully, you know, going down the road, although like Jason Snell pointed out this week on Upgrade, this is probably going to be more like a watch Series 4, watch OS 5 kind of thing with allowing third-party music and podcast developers to use the platform. You know, it's 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 going to be a while until I think this is is fully supported. Well, you still can't even call up uh, like songs on Spotify through Siri, can you? Or did that ever get added? I I don't remember. I don't I don't think so. Yeah, some let's let's wait for that first cuz they're still using their position to to keep out competitors. If that's the case, in which case, well, if but you but I'd be afterward. fine. I mean, I'd be fine if Apple wants to bring their their crummy podcast app onto the watch. I mean, I'd I'd live with that. Like, just give me just give me something. Yeah, that sounds kind of that sounds kind of crappy though, because then you'd have to you'd have like I don't know. I understand that this is this is your primary use case, and you really really want it. So yeah. Okay, um, so this leads into our annual watch face check-in. <laughs> so this 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 is this, this is a judgment-free zone, but let's uh, yeah run through what you got. So are you we, still using modular? Or are you using one of those? Uh, are you using the Toy Story one? I mean, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a crazy person. I'm using modular, which continues to be the only semi-useful watch face on the Apple Watch. Um. I mean, you'd agree with that, right? There really are no other functional watch faces. It depends. I I have three that I cycle through. Like the one that I sent you is like the 80% of the time one. And then I have like a 10% of the time second version of modular. And then I have, I use chronograph if I want to be fancy or if I want to stopwatch. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. So no, my, no, my... Not, not, well, sorry, not like, uh, like uh, fizzy wine fancy. I just mean like if I want to have it, look nicer for a second yeah uh-huh no i i'm the same way um so i yeah modular um and so i guess i'll go kind of top to bottom so i mean i guess obviously top right is is the time you can't you can't change <laughs> that clockwise oh man i could have darn it <sighs> uh, um and then so next to the time i've got the the date and then the big section in the middle is the weather for a long time, I had that be my calendar, but I, I found that to be pretty unreliable. Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't really worried about that, but I, I, I found that to be kind of unreliable. And then also, I, I get notified through like push notifications, and I, I constantly have my calendar open on my computer. Like, it, there's just no, there's no need to have it on my watch too. Um, 
So weather in the middle, and then bottom left is OmniFocus, bottom middle is act the activity rings, and then bottom right is streaks. So let me ask, does streaks, as you complete the things that you want to complete in the day, do those dots become filled in, or is it always gray like that? <laughs> They they well they they do get filled in. How reliably that happens is it's the same reliability as any other Apple Watch complication. It works most of the time. Um, it, it's it's gotten better. It's it's gotten a lot better actually. Uh, so so most of the time it does work, and you can also mark tasks complete from the watch. So I, I find I those you know the the date at the top is kind of whatever, and I, I'm kind of neutral on. The weather too. I've kind of thought for a while I should try to come up with something other than the weather to fill that middle spot. Because like, ironically, it takes up the most space, but it's probably the least useful thing I have mm -hmm. on the watch mm -hmm. face. But I, I haven't really come up with a better alternative. Um, but for me, the those bottom three, the OmniFocus, the Activity Ring, and Streaks, th those are those are key. And like, if you think about like my goals each day those three complications sort of sort of capture just about all of them interesting and what what made you move uh the activity rings from their default location to the bottom is the default where you have them and not mm -hmm. not to step on your segment here but oh no that's fine that's um, or, i mean that's where apple's had it forever so just yeah, just curious i i don't know it's it's been down there at the bottom for a long time <laughs> so I don't, even, I don't even remember my reason for moving it. I guess maybe I thought having the date next to the time just kind of made sense. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, mine is pretty, pretty bland and boring. Um, I, starting with this generation of the watch, um, I have turned off the multicolor um, watch face. And, and, I, and, I, and I find it much better. I don't know. Uh, so in the top row, I have the activity rings in their default location, uh, the time right next to it. In the middle, I have uh, the sunrise and sunset, which I actually think is, is pretty useful because I don't get a lot of utility out of the weather just because it generally doesn't update reliably and I just don't need it. Whereas I generally do like knowing kind of how much um, how much uh, daylight there is left over. Uh, and then at the bottom, I have the uh, the date in the lower left, which if you tap on it, will bring up your calendar, which is nice. In the middle, there's a new addition. Now that I have the uh, Series 3, uh, Just Press Record uh, got a promotion because um, it works super reliably on the new watch. And then um, uh, lower right is the timer because you need the timer. So, so, so I have questions here. Yep. Just Press Record? What is that? So that has been a previous Pick of the Week slash chef special, uh, chef's, chef's Special trademark. Um, it's an app that runs on the watch, your phone, and your Mac that if I tap that complication, it will, on the Series 3, it's nice, it's it's immediate. It will just start recording audio. So if you're driving or doing something where I don't trust Siri to get it right, like sometimes you'll be like, oh, like because if you want to use Siri to add something to OmniFocus, like you have to say it in a very specific way, like, uh, hey, Siri, blah, 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 add blank to my inbox list and then you hope it actually shows up in OmniFocus later. So with just press record, you just tap on it and it will record high quality audio and dump it into the app on your phone and on iCloud Drive uh immediately. 
and then you can parse it later. Oh, huh, okay. So it's it's very good. Another little sidebar comment. I I think now I don't know if this was an iOS 11 thing, but I think OmniFocus has native Siri support now. I don't think it. Hmm. I think I think it, like, I think it does. I saw it in. What, what, so what would the syntax be? I think it's "Hey lady in the phone," asked or like tell OmniFocus to do something, something like that. Um, tell OmniFocus to do something. I'll need to access your OmniFocus data to do that. Okay, I've created it. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I never used Siri, so I, I never, didn't really give it a second thought when I saw it, but it was in their release notes recently. And I went, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's nice. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But no, either way, I still really, really recommend just press record. Because like, just so many times do I want to take a note of something or like do something with that where I it would be too cumbersome to take out my phone or open up a simple note or whatever I want to do. Um, so no, very good. Highly recommend it. Um, and then the, the timer, I think the timer is like, I, I just use it all day long so many times per day that it, it has to be, has to be on the watch face. So some, some real, some real time follow up. So this is a iOS 11 OmniFocus 2.21 feature. Uh, this allows OmniFocus to interact with Siri directly. Um, and it, they note that reminders capture is no longer required. So the trick is you need to, whatever command you're giving, it needs to include the phrase in OmniFocus. So if you include, if you include that phrase when you ask the lady in the phone to do what you're asking her to do, that's what triggers OmniFocus. Interesting. Good to know. Yep. And we'll put that, put that in the notes. Good. So yeah, that's it. Plain, plain watch face. It's uh, gets the job done. So you, you. So I, I had the timer on my watch face for a long time, and I, I definitely see the utility in that. But especially when they rolled out the dock, like I found the dock to be a much better place for the timer because, like, while I use the timer semi often, I, I didn't feel like I used it enough to justify having it on my watch face all the time. Yeah, I, I literally use it 10 to 20 times a day. Um, it, and also having it as a complication on the on the watch face means that you can see the progress of the timer without having to press any buttons. So that's also a huge value add. Um, so no, I, I think it, I think it, that's prime real estate that's well deserved. If it's if it's personal, we can skip over it. But how do you, you use your timer 10 to 20 times a day? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, laundry, cooking, um, and also just staying on task. Like, I don't know, sometimes you'll, like, for me, if I'm doing, like, if I just have, like, a lot of things to do, I'll just put, like, a 10 to 20-minute timer on whatever I'm doing so that I know that I either need to move on to something else or, like, just to manage my time. So sometimes I need reminders, otherwise I will kind of lose track uh, and just spend either, I'll drift off and do unproductive things or I'll devote too much time to one thing. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. No, like, I, I totally, like, I, I, I'm, I'm nuts. So that, that, uh, I totally acknowledge. But no, time, timer is invaluable. That, that's been well documented. Mm-hmm. 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 Not nuts enough to think that I can get by, uh, on a run listening to podcast on my watch, but. Hey, <laughs> hey, Um, as Bernie would say. 
Um, like, oh, uh, what's the deal with your, you you mentioned that you were concerned that your, uh, digital crown had some issues. Yeah, I, so it's, it's, it has a much different feel than my series two watch. Like the best way to describe it is when you are just turning it, it just, it, there's just a lot more resistance. It's, it feels tighter than my series two. Um, I, um, I kind of, when I stopped by the Apple store last night, I kind of just played with a couple of little demo units they had and they felt, they felt more similar to my, to my series three. So I guess, I guess maybe this, the digital crown on my series two, maybe is a little looser than what is normal. Um, I mean, the difference is pretty striking, but then the thing that I also kind of noticed is that the digital crown on almost every Apple display unit felt different from one another. So I, I don't know if it's just, I don't, I don't know if it's just, it's just every watch is maybe a little different or what, but I, I don't, I guess I don't really use the digital crown a ton. So. Well, you have to now kind of to adjust volume. Yeah. I mean, you've always had to do it for that, but mo- most other, or you, you could do it with that. Um, but most other interactions I'm, I'm just using the touch screen and I mean, it, and it works, you know, like it works reliably. Like it's not like it's, it's not missing any input or anything. It's just, it just feels different, but it's, it's fine. Yeah. And then to round out the watch stuff, the one thing I will say is this is probably mostly just cause I sat out the other two generations of the watch. Um, it is much, much faster where using the dock is actually functional now where, before, one of my main complaints was just like because they changed how glances work, like just moving between the timer and now playing, which are literally 80% of what I used to watch for, uh, was always kind of tedious. Uh, now it's extremely responsive where that's not uh, a complaint at all. Yeah, not to be a negative Nancy, as you would say, but I I notice almost no difference between this watch and Series 2. It feels feels the same to me except for the crown um (laughs) okay uh so apparently you have uh some thoughts about because you you have taken uh you you live on the edge you you um you don't you don't vacuum in your wine you installed high sierra um so what's the deal with that i do i do actually vacuum in my wine but i know (laughs) um for that to make sense sure yeah yeah we'll we'll cut we'll cut cut this around you'll you'll splice around that sure yeah Hmm. Um, drop the marker. Okay. Um, so I wasn't going to immediately upgrade to high Sierra, but <laughs> as I discovered on like over, over the weekend or Monday morning, um, in order to be able to unlock your, um, Mac, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if this is a watch OS four thing or an Apple watch series three thing, but I, I, it doesn't really matter which which it is for me. Um, I, well, actually, no. It must be a Series Three thing because I think WatchOS Four was yeah, WatchOS Four was still working to unlock Sierra last week, so it must be a watch a Series Three watch thing. Um, Sierra does not support unlocking your Mac, um, and the only the only way to to make that happen is through High Sierra, and that's like it's a pretty key part of my day because I, I'm someone who whenever I'm away from my computer, I'm going to lock the, lock the Mac. And I, you know, I step away from my computer quite a few times throughout the day at my office. And so 
having to enter my password every time I come back to the computer is, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not some animal. So I, I really wanted that functionality back. So on Monday night, I threw caution to the wind and upgraded to High Sierra. Um, everything's been fine. The, the watch support is, is, is working again, and it seems to be as reliable as it's ever been. Um, you know, every, everything seems to be working fine. The only thing that gave me a scare was that it took absolutely forever to upgrade. Um, you know, the download was fine and then the, the installation kicked off immediately, but man, it sat there in in the black screen with the Apple logo, the white Apple logo with the white progress bar below it for how long did that take? Like I, I, I started it. I went out for a run. I went to the grocery store. I came back. It still said it had like 25 minutes left. It must have been like almost two hours altogether. Well, if it's doing an in-place file system well, that's, conversion. So that's that... what I... So I the, the, the reason it, it concerned me at first was that the, the progress bar like was not moving for a long time. So I thought, oh God, if this, if, if this got stuck like halfway through the the file conversion that's that's probably not gonna that's probably not gonna end well um, you got back place so you're fine yeah right um yeah i mean that was the whole thing right like every, everything's backed up so it's it's whatever um but it still would have been a hassle but um in any case i i realized kind of shortly after thinking about it a little carefully like oh yeah of course it's gonna take a while because it's doing the whole apfs conversion thing so again, anyway, it, it, after the two hour or whatever process I went through, it booted right up and yeah, every, everything's been fine. I mean, I, I, I think if you were to run a Sierra Mac next to a high Sierra Mac, like in a, you know, in a Pepsi challenge, as you, as you would say, I, I don't really know you'd be able to tell the difference. It's all kind of under the hood stuff. Okay. But you haven't noticed any unreliability or any, any key stuff broken? No. Uh-uh. No, it's been been fine. All right, we'll trust that call recorder. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. That'll be fine. I'm still running on... Uh, I'm I'm three versions out of date. I'm I'm on El Capitan on the Cymac, so yeah. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, I did not upgrade to Sierra on this. I'm not, like, I, again, I'm I'm old. I'm not, I'm not dumb. Aren't you, like, missing out on new emoji and stuff? Yeah, but it's fine. Huh. God, here's the thing. again getting old. You gotta, you gotta. This, this is why I use timers all the time. I gotta count my days. I can't spend, can't spend these days. You uh, playing with no emoji and, and upgrading my OS. I mean, can't you just? I mean, can't you just take an image of your machine and if up, then upgrade? And if something goes wrong, just roll back to the image. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> huh. Again, that's what. That's why I'm gonna wait for um, High Sierra to get to ten point thirteen point. Two, like I'll wait to the second dot release, and then I'll just do a clean install because it's doing APFS, and then I'll just that'll be my thing. But now, like, what's what's isn't is also isn't there like a huge zero day exploit right now for High Sierra where it'll just steal all your passwords? I, I think I'm that not was even making a, that up. No, I know. I I think that was a an iCloud thing. I don't think that's a High Sierra thing. Mm-mm. Okay, great. Well, no, please, nobody steal my key. I don't even. I don't even really think there's anything in my keychain. It's fine. You're, we already know your password is Phil Jackson Hero One Two Three. Uh huh. No. Right. Yeah. Is he, is he the Lakers coach or is he the not, not anymore the Mighty Ducks coach? <laughs> no, he's neither. 
Okay. Is is he not? I could. Uh, I was joking about the second one, but he he is the coach of the Lakers, isn't he? Not anymore. Or he, no. he, got it. oh he, but he was the coach during the dynasty. Yeah. Got it. All right. Oh, on that uh, related uh, real time follow up, like uh, uh, Matt Kane is retiring this weekend. I saw that. Yeah. That's gonna be a bummer, man. Pachi's better never discontinuous pizza. Yeah, I I, I agree. All right, um, and then iOS 11, do you have any uh, stuff about that before I start getting really mad about a lot of things? It's, it's you know, it's really, really nice on the iPad. Um, again, like outside of Control Center and a couple of really ugly UI changes, there's not much to say about it on the phone, but on the iPad, it's it's really, really good. The um, The app switcher is really well designed. The multitasking stuff, Again, like we've talked about this, like I don't, I don't really use it a ton. It's not really for me with the way that I use the iPad, but it, but it does work really well. It's just, it's, it's a significant, significant upgrade for the iPad. But again, not, not much to say on the phone. Got it. Um, do you have your phone in front of you? I do. Okay, can you test out a bug for me to, so I can see if I'm crazy before I, so you get, this can. In- before you throw your phone out the window. <laughs> no, so this can tell me what direction or how, of how angry just Fibly or not I should be. So, op- do you have any folders that have uh, two pages or more? Uh, yeah. Okay. Open one of those folders. Okay. Okay. Swipe to the second page. Okay. Okay. Don't press the home button, but try to tap out of the folder. Does it work? Yes. You sure? Yes. So I'm going to go into another wonder folder do I have? Okay, this is a two-pager. So I've got it open. I swipe to the right to, well, I guess I'm swiping right to left to get to the second page. And I tap anywhere outside of there. Yes, it closes the folder. Okay, so my phone's just broken. That's cool. <laughs> um, on mine, it's a, it's a I, weird bug. It is, and uh, there's not a way to get out of it. Have you tried, <laughs> to, have than... you tried rebooting the phone? Yes, many, many times. <laughs> The only option is to hit the sleep wake button and unlock my phone again, and then that's it. Huh. Because I tried this with somebody else's phone, and it was exactly the same. Hmm. Huh. It's may- may- maybe it's because you don't have a plus phone. Honestly, <laughs> wouldn't put it past them. But no, there's like there's a ton of stuff that is super inconsistent and kind of janky about iOS 11 on the phone. Uh, and there's and the notification center thing still is so um jarring a change especially if you're like me where you have different wallpapers on your home screen and lock screen that's still really annoying and challenging so i don't know ios 11 is super i i i hope that the ios 11.1 that has iMessage in the cloud and has all of it will fix a lot of these weird uh inconsistencies and, and weird jankiness so that's it yeah i mean the first first release of a new ios is always a little rocky and in fact we've we've already had ios 11.0.1 come out have um, we yeah that came out yesterday i, I didn't huh? i didn't follow up to see if people figured out what it did it was a big update it was like a couple hundred megabytes let's see um bug fixes and improvements fixes yeah. bug about uh second page of folders Cool. <laughs> I swear to God, it says in there. No, it doesn't. Yeah, well, maybe give that a try. Um, we'll do. Okay. 
so let's uh, keep going. Uh, you are jealous of your soon-to-be uh, extra special lady friend because she has a better phone than you. Yeah, that that kills me a little bit. Um, I'm I've just had to kind of uh, learn learn to live with it this past week, but um, but yeah, it's it's challenging. Yeah, she she got the 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 eight plus. It's it's really nice. the The glass back feels great. the The true tone display is awesome. the The whole portrait lighting thing is kind of weird and doesn't really work very well. Um, although I, I again to just bring up upgrade for like the fifth time, I think Jason summarized it really well, which is you know, you actually ironically like the the way to make portrait lighting work well is if you start with good lighting. Which I think the one time that I used it, I was not the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a you know it's it's a nice it's a nice solid phone, and um, I'm just sad that she's gonna have a better phone than me for probably a while, uh, judging by everything we've heard about iPhone 10 or iPhone X, as you would say, supplies um, at launch. So can we take a bet? And I don't want you to bet against yourself. Um, do what? Do you put the odds on you get your iPhone 10 this year or next year? I I, I would optimistically say sometime in December, like mid December. Okay, you'd be willing to put any money on that? No, definitely not. I'm I am expecting. So like, with the whole pre order process for. In the case of the lady friend with her iPhone 8, and in the case of me, I pre-ordered the Apple TV, the Apple Watch, and I pre-ordered through AT&T a regular iPhone 8 for my sister, because I'm, I'm a good brother. Um, and I had absolutely zero issues with any of that. Everything loaded right away um, was done in like, you know, 10 minutes, maybe less. I, I'm expecting just the absolute opposite come the 27th. I'm expecting Apple's website to go down, for you to be frantically sitting there trying to load the web page, trying to load it through the app, like trying to do every little trick in the book, finally getting it to work like an hour later, and then having a ship date, best case December, worst case like February, March next year. Plausible. Or they took everybody who was going to work on getting podcasts on the Apple Watch and they put them into doing some back-end stuff on the <laughs> Apple Store. I hope so. Which reality do you think is true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, does she... Uh, did she get a wireless charging pad of any sort or did you have any? Or is that something that she <laughs> and you she... do not give to hoots about well i i know so she she's actually been she's been really wanting that feature for a long time and like each of the past couple of years when she starts hearing rumors about the new phone and then she asks me about them and i and she goes so does this one have wireless charging and i go no she goes oh well that's dumb um so she's, she's actually been wanting it for a while but then um so when she pre-ordered this new phone i like a couple days later and I, I think i i sent this to you in the thing I asked her, like, oh, so you're going to buy one of the, um, well, first I said inductive charging pads, and she said, what the hell is that? As she should. <laughs> well, then I thought, yeah, then I thought about going, yeah, <laughs> I thought about going down the rabbit hole of explaining how, it, like, 
wireless charging isn't really true. That is the. I just skipped over that part, but then said, oh, well, yeah, um, no, I, I meant the, the, the wireless charger. She goes, well, is that, that just, is that not included in the box? And I said, no, no, it's, it's, it's not. And she's like, well, then no, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy that. And I, I kind of don't blame her. They're kind of expensive, right? Like, aren't, isn't like the Belkin one 40 bucks and the other one 60 bucks or something? Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, after hearing Jason describe his experience with it, where you have to set the phone down like just right on it. Um, eh, that that sounds that sounds like some nonsense. That sounds like like you know that like the as seen on TV like uh, oh making eggs is so hard thing. No. Hmm, okay. I I see like I yeah like I I guess now like thinking about it like with the iPhone 10 when I get that like I don't I don't think I would get one either because I think you would like I think I can totally see you getting one at your desk I think you would think like oh this is something I set down 15 times a day not plugging but in I the cable have, would be nice no but see I have one of those really nice elevation docks that I got a couple years ago um like one of those where it it creates a really nice seal with the desk so you can actually put it down and pick it back up just with one hand that you don't you don't have to hold the dock down and the thing that's really nice about that is the phone is is upright so you can see the screen really easy so i I have it just like right in front of my monitor at work so i think that's nicer than having it flat on my desk well but it doesn't have to be flat what do you mean like well like most wireless chargers that i'm i'm familiar with like let me show you samsung's and I do really, really enjoy that a ton of people have been using Samsung chargers for iPhones. Um, like most of them do stand up by default. Like it's just that weird Mophie and Belkin one that Apple keeps using in their marketing stuff. Like almost all the other ones stand up at at least a 45 degree angle, if not almost straight up. Okay, I so that this is, yeah, we'll put this in the notes. This, this is pretty nice, but like mm-hmm. again, I... I don't think this would be any easier or better than the elevation well, I dock for, I have. I guess for most people who don't, like, I think your accessory is kind of a, like a peak nerd accessory. Like, it's it's very nice and well-designed, but I think just so few people would actually buy that. And, like, in elevation makes some really nice stuff. Yeah. But I think most people wouldn't. I, yeah, I guess. Um, But, yeah. So, that's, that's, that'll be interesting. So, yeah, I, I'm probably guessing next year for the iPhone ten, to be honest. Somebody earlier today posted, I think maybe it was Gruber, that it's very likely that Apple, because they're having sales challenges in China, will probably siphon off a bunch of them exclusively for China. So that makes me think it's gonna be even harder in the United States. Yeah, I I don't I don't yeah, I I don't I can't really speak to much of that. I'm not really sure if that's just speculation on his part or if he's heard something. I mean, whatever. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get for sure. Um but and the kind of the, the the crappy part about it is, so like, and you're I mean you'll you'll laugh I'm sure, but like, iPhone eight or I not iPhone eight iPhone upgrade program participants really get screwed because you're continuing to make payments against your current phone, but you still have to turn it in, so you're making these extra payments on this phone that you're still not going to be able to keep. So the longer you have to wait for the 10, the closer you are to just paying off your current phone. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> can you see my smile through Skype? <laughs> um, 
Oh, love it. Um, like it has has not been an issue. It has not been an issue when you've been able to get the new phone day one. But well, it, does, it doesn't have to be the issue because you could have an iPhone eight in your hands right now. Um, but here's the thing: you could also one that's whenever people. I think last week you. I'm not going to break it up. But you used a very specific word of how you felt about the iPhone upgrade program right now. Um, you could just pay. You could just pay it off and sell it independently, and probably like why wouldn't you just do that? And then whatever your resale value is, is going to be more than, because you have, you got a 128 or 256. I have a, um, gosh, what do I have? I I think I have a 128. Okay. So that's $807. So that, if I can do math, is is 435. Is that half of that? Yeah. Probably. Okay. Um, So if you just paid off the remaining half, do you not think for your resale, you would get more than 435 net of fees? Just do that. Yeah, I, I, could, I could look at that. That's true. Yeah, but also, yeah, those two extra payments. Love it. Okay. Well, I, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Tim. All right. <laughs> um, all right, what else? We're running long, as always. Uh, yeah, let's keep going with the with the you thing. We'll make this a Ryan episode. Uh, your transitional apartment has some smart home updates, I was told. Well, so actually, we're, I mean, I'm going to take it and turn it, um, as, as you would say. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in, in your progress. My, my, my smart home is, my, <laughs> my smart home is pretty, pretty well set up and actually not, not much has changed, but I, I wanted to circle back to, um, let's, let's hop on the WebEx circle back. Um, God damn <laughs> um, your Harmony hub. I think the last time that we, did I already tell you I returned that? No, 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 you hadn't. That this is good. Um, no, yeah, I got rid of it. Yeah, because the last time we had spoken about it, which I think was on the show, and it was not um, not going very well. Yeah. So here's the problem. Like, so <laughs> my 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 smart treehouse is is fine, um, but the the Harmony Hub thing, like, my problem is I just you need to send me what the model number of whatever you have. And I need to put like a slick deals price alert on it because the problem with having the smart hub alone and using another harmony remote is you're now managing like two separate harmony like ecosystems. So it just doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't, I don't don't follow that. What do you mean? Well, like I have my, what is it called? The harmony elite or the harmony one? Like I, what do I have? Well, the elite is what I have. I have the Harmony One, but the one from like twenty right. twelve uh-huh. right ish, which is still going strong. It's still fine, but if I have the Harmony Hub, like the activities don't sync up, like they're totally separate things. So oh. like not not having the Harmony Hub that has the remote as well, like it's just it's really dumb. Like it it, it just makes well, no but sense. They, so there there's a there's a remote that they make that looks exactly like the one, but comes bundled with the hub. Well, yeah, which is the one that you have. No, I have the, um, I have like the, the fancy one, but there's, there's a, there's, there, there's a bundle with the, well, I'll, I'll try to look this up in real time here. There's, there's a bundle with the hub that comes with a remote that looks exactly like the Harmony one. Um, see if I can, see if I can find this. 
Well, yeah. I mean, so there's two versions. There's the Harmony Ultimate, which is two hundred and fifty dollars retail. Yeah, and then that, the that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. The the Harmony. But yeah, Ultimate. but that but that's not the Harmony Home, or that's not the the Home Hub, or what are these damn thing called? Um, yeah, Harm- it is. It, the, the the there's only there's only one there's only one Harmony Hub. Well, sure, but that's not what I bought. What did you? So, I mean, so like, wait, again, wait, unless, what, did, what did you buy? I'm confused now. The Harmony Hub, just the hub. Yeah. Oh, that's your that's your problem. No shit. That's why I returned it. <laughs> no, you have to buy it with a remote. Oh, we're not getting the explicit tag, but like, no, sh- God damn it. Stop telling me what I already know. Um, uh, going off Paul Ryan on me. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not going to try to lower your taxes. Uh, no, you're, you're going to try to... What, what's the thing where he's like, uh, since college, I've been dreaming about taking away health care from people? Right. What did he say? Well, yeah, he said that when they were uh, pounding beers in front of the the White House. What is the actual quote? God damn it. Um, anyway, um, yeah, like, well, no, like that was the thing. Amazon had the sale where it was like seventy dollars, and it was um, just the hub. But yeah, but this doesn't like this. This kit doesn't make sense unless you are all in for at least two hundred fifty dollars, which I don't want to be. Oh, the um. Well, that's weird. The so the the elite the one so the one that I have is is mm-hmm. down to the same price as the um, um the ultimate. But I think this. yours is dis. I think it's discontinued. Because oh. I just did a Google shopping search and like it like there was no like regular pricing. Is too. How much did you pay your for yours? <laughs> like I. <laughs> you got the weird British version. Yeah, I got. I you got, got the pre. You got the pre Brexit version. Uh huh. Yeah. I. I, this was like some Black Friday um, Amazon UK price mistake, so I got it for like one twenty or one fifty. Well, yeah, but now I'm gonna feel like a sucker if I buy it for anything more than that. So I can't do this. I'm just gonna be stuck in. Well, in but this is. I mean, this is. I. I at the time that I had gotten it last November, I, I don't think it ever dropped below like three hundred or three twenty five. So this is this has come down a fair bit. And yeah, I'm not really sure why. That's that's in fact actually like so. This is like two forty six ninety nine, and the ultimate's listed at two forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I, so it's actually like three dollars cheaper. I don't I don't know why you wouldn't get the elite because elite's a it's a really really good remote. I think it was like the wire cutter or somewhere um, that we follow didn't give it a very good review, but I. It's it's by far and away the best remote I've ever had. Are you still on the Amazon page for the Harmony Elite? Uh-huh. Have you noticed on Amazon where there's it keeps suggesting you join Amazon Prime Fresh? Um like look right below add to cart. Oh yeah. That's weird, right? Yeah, I, Amazon is yeah. Uh speaking of which, new harm a new new echoes all around. Yeah. Um I, I I did this come as a surprise? Like I, I feel like I was not aware of the event today until like an hour before it started. The event, I no, I didn't, I didn't know about it. But also, I do think a couple episodes ago, like back when, like they were, they were half price all the time. When I suggested there was going to be new ones, uh, like immediately, I uh, I think that was not a huge surprise. But yeah, I don't think there there was like I mean, Amazon doesn't ever have hype for their events. Same thing with like Microsoft. Like you just hear like the morning, oh, there's new surfaces. Like what? So yeah, so I guess um, you know we'll put a we'll put a link to the notes here to a Verge article that's got a pretty good roundup. But 
so there's the echo i don't know are they calling it the echo 2 or is it just it's just this the echo that basically just replaced the old one that's just just echo yeah so it's it's 99 now it's about half as tall comes in a variety of colors and finishes apparently has better speaker quality has better microphones it's, it's just you know all the kind of iterative updates that you would expect from the echo which you know that sounds that sounds pretty nice and i think some of these colors and finishes look look nice um then there's the echo plus which looks exactly the same as the current echo although again it has a couple of different um, colors to choose from and it doubles as a home hub so it, it has built-in zigbee integration so instead of buying a separate zigbee hub you can just use the um echo plus and in fact i think it even comes with a philips hue bulb which is zigbee compliant um, bundled in the box so you you don't have to have the the separate um, philips hue hub to control that bulb you can just do it right from the echo plus um and then they and they i don't know they announced some weird button <laughs> it's the it's thing it's just it's just called the echo button and you can use it to um, I, I get I, this. The the description from the Verge is you can use it to play games alongside an Alexa enabled device. So I I don't know. I guess it, the Verge says it's like a t TV tr style trivia game in your house. So like maybe you can use this to fulfill your Jeopardy dream. I guess. Um, <laughs> kind of weird. Um, and then there's the Echo Spot, which is their alarm clock, which looks pretty neat but unfortunately is 130 dollars and has a camera in it which so just put a sticker of the camera and it looks cool like this is this actually seems like the most interesting one of all of them well but so the camera it's it's not it's not that i'm like freaked out by the camera it's just like i feel like part of that price is is because it has a camera and i'm just never ever going to use it I, I also just thought. I also just saw this. Says these aren't even going on sale until December nineteenth. So this, mm -hmm. this thing's a little ways off. But uh, so yeah, like well, okay. So let's let's run through the other ones. There's also something that uh, an Echo Connect, which I don't understand what it does with your home phone connection. So it it allows you to so it plugs into your home phone line and allows you to make landline calls from um, Echo devices. So do you now just have to have every phone call as speakerphone? Like, can you... I, I guess so, yeah. That doesn't seem like a benefit. Okay. No. Um, and then I guess just to... So that's all the Echo stuff. And then just to quickly surround this out, they also introduced a new Fire TV. With, with specs that are better than the Apple TV that costs almost three times as much. Right. Yeah. Um. So the the Echo Spot seems like the the coolest or the most interesting part of this. So what makes what makes me probably a little bit down on it is that it looks like the software is super super similar to the Echo Show, which seemed to most reviews where it's not very good. Um, but yeah, the price doesn't bother me at all. Like I mean, the camera. I mean, like Amazon generally isn't a company that's trying to get rich off the hardware. So I think this is actually probably pretty aggressively priced to cost, um, or at least doesn't have the lofty margins that some other people would have. Um, but no, this looks super interesting and super futuristic. 
Like this is one of those things where you're like, that's that's pretty, you know, this this looks very Star Trek-y or, or very what people thought people might have in the future. I don't know. So again, not not to get super personal here, but so what is your what's your bedside situation? Like what do you use for your phone? What do you use for an alarm clock? Like what's what's your setup? <laughs> well, I do have a corded phone next to my desk or next to my bed. <laughs> Um, no, so I, I have my Apple Watch on a vintage iMac or a vintage Mac Classic uh, charging dock. I have my phone charging next to it with uh, four uh, specifically programmed alarms based off of the degrees of how late I would be if I don't wake up. So and so you just have a just literally and an Echo a, Dot next to it. So you just literally have just a lightning cable just on the desk. Uh, well, no, I have a I have a bouquet of chargers. So I've got the I have USB C to charge my laptop. I have a spare micro USB for whatever other device I have. I have two lightning cables for the iPhone and the iPad, depending on charge level. And then I have the watch charger that goes into that um, Mac charging stand. And then the Echo Dot just hangs out. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I assume I, still, I assume yours is much less complex. I I, I still have one of those iHome docks. Oh yeah, but you got the lightning version, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. Do you ever use it to play music? No. Uh, so okay. So which is kind of why. But, but, I'm, but I'm sorry. Do you use that alarm clock or your iPhone? Like which I use which that alarm clock, meaning the iHome. Yeah. Got it. But it's it's kind of bulky, so I've been kind of thinking like I could probably have a better setup. But yeah, like in, in the advent of reasonably priced Bluetooth speakers and also just the Echo that could accomplish the same thing, uh, it does seem, yeah, just dimensions wise, it's kind of kind of big. Yeah. And this it, it kind of like I could see a setup where you've got the Echo spot and an air power mat. And that would that seems like that would probably be pretty good. Does iHome still exist? I think so. Yeah. I think they they think they kind of got into um ooh they pivoted they're more of an android company now. Oh, look at this. It's got wireless charging. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, really? In, inductive charging. Um, before you get mad. Yeah, they they got they got um they got kind of into the the smart home stuff too if I remember correctly. Like they do like the smart plugs and stuff. Um so yeah, so do you see any need or want to upgrade any of your Echoes due to what just came out? Um the i mean the dots the dots that i have i mean there's there's not really a replacement for those today and, and even if there were i mean those are those are fine i am kind of tempted to potentially upgrade the echo just because it kind of falls into the the ryan doctrine category where it's it's a device that i use a ton so it kind of makes sense to have sort of the best the best one that there is and there, there are definitely a handful of situations where it doesn't seem like it picks up our voices and our commands very well. So the idea that this has potentially better voice recognition is a big selling point. And it also just it looks a lot nicer than the current one does. Would um, you get any of the of the wacky finishes, or would you just no? I would just go with one of the the black or gray cloth design. Got it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where I'll probably wait for the reviews kind of like a normal consumer <laughs> instead of just rushing out to pre-order one of these it's not a not a huge well what would somebody have to say about it to make you not want it like if they said that the like voice recognition wasn't much better eh, okay 
because hmm. that'd be that'd be mostly what I was in it for. Got it. Well, cool. Yeah, Amazon always innovating. They can take that slogan and run with it. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, I think that's mostly it today. Yeah, we'll we'll save the the shady Casper stuff for another week. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, yeah, looking through the topics, I think that that's the stuff that's most um most time sensitive so yeah the new bose headphones don't come out for a while but those look pretty great mm-hmm. you you have those right like you have the sound sports yes or did you go back to the beats well i so i have the sound sport so i had the sound sport before the airpods and so they mm-hmm. were kind of my all situations except for exercising headphones and so now hmm. so now the the power beats are my workout headphones the um, sound sports are my commuting headphones, and then the AirPods are like all other times, so like errands or just around the house, at in the office, whatever. Interesting. That's super. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that you'd have three different types of headphones in rotation, but interesting. Well, I mean, you know, the prior to the AirPods, it was just the two, but. I find that the the sound sports are a lot better for commuting because, I mean, the AirPods just let in noise like a sieve. So if you're in a noisier situation, like I frequently am when commuting, um, I find the um, the sound sports to be a little better because they have a little bit more of a seal. Um, but wasn't wasn't that your thing that you didn't like the seal? Well, I could have sworn we talked about this a couple weeks ago. No, the, the, remember there was... The, I, I've, I've gone through so many different headphones for commuting. And there I had the um, those Bose, like the first over-the-ear Bose Bluetooth headphones that had like the weird Bluetooth dongle thing at the bottom. Like those kind of didn't let in quite enough sound. But the, the sound sports are nice because they still do let in sound, but... Um, they're it's easier to hear um podcasts with those in a noisy environment than it is with airpods got it yeah cool so these will be out in december and like yeah for for workout headphones these are these are pretty pretty awesome and it'll be interesting to see how well they work because like a quick tangent on this um i'm not sure if you saw the reviews for the for jaybird's uh competitor to the airpods or at like the totally wireless separate earbuds and apparently they are absolutely horrible. So I'm very interested to see if these are actually good from Bose. I mean, I, I assume they will be. And I mean, shoot for the price. They sure better be. What are these, like 300 bucks or 249 Compared to 160 I, like, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I hope it's good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Bose makes good stuff. They make good overpriced stuff, but they're, it's good. It's generally not. I don't know. Generally, I wouldn't say it's overpriced. It it always seems thirty percent more than it should be, which I'm which which I'm okay with. Like I mean, just because like like my Soundlink Mini, which I've had for God almost five years now, is still the best Bluetooth speaker around the house that I've ever had. It was totally worth two hundred dollars at the time, and I love my Sound Sports, and I still have this love hate relationship with the Bose Soundbar, but it sounds great when it's on. Yeah, that's an, that's another thing. I've I I really don't like the Soundbar that we have, and it it's it's also it's also defective it 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 goes it goes through these phases where it it um 
it's, it's you hear like a lot of static and you have to like either turn it off or in some cases unplug it and plug it back in to make it go away <laughs> you just and you you just have a 2.1 setup you don't have like weird speakers all around the house do you right I would pretty, other than the fact that this one has a, an aggressive power saving mode that I don't like, which is not like all you have to do is press the remote. I just don't like doing that. Um, yeah, I, the SoundTouch 300 or whatever I have, pretty, pretty Yeah, great. but, if, but if, I, if I was going to go that route, I would just get the, the new Sonos Play Bar. Is there a new one? Because the old one was not good. Yeah, well, the, the new, the, whatever one is out now is, is the wire cutter's pick currently. And I think it's the same price as what you paid for yours. Uh, I think it's the same one, man. Um, that's been out for literally forever. Oh well, it's it's the uh, oh maybe it, you know I think it's the play base, the one that you can put a TV on top of that's new. Um, oh, but you have a, but you have a wall mounted. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Um. Okay. But yeah, I I would probably get just get that Sonos one. Although I do I do yeah. like Bose, so I would recommend visiting it in store. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh. Jeez, hour forty eight uh chef special go for it so i've got another kind of bland one but i think um i think a good one and kind of um as a callback to our photo discussion from last week um i think this tends to be a really unsung hero of icloud which is icloud photo library like the the more i got into kind of rediscovering how great taking photos on my phone was the more I realized a big part of that was the fact that photos are just instantly available across all of my other devices, including my iPad and Mac, you know, literally even before you like come back to your Mac for the first time after taking a bunch of photos on your phone, like the, the photos are just already there and they're, they're backed up the way that it optimizes for storage now, where it only keeps versions of photos that, um, are optimized for the size screen that you're on is really, really smart. The The whole system is really, really well thought out. And kind of the next step for me in this is I want to get um, a little bit more into photos on the Mac. That is, I guess, one area that had quite a few improvements in High Sierra. There's a lot of additional editing functionality in there now. Um, and, I, and and it's it's always been really really simple to use. So you know, never going to be like a um, a Lightroom replacement, but um, with the fact that it's got the photo um, or photo um, um, library stuff built right into it, um, you know, seems like something again I kind of want to check out a little bit more in, in High Sierra. But yeah, I, iCloud Photo Library, really good. Cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty rock solid. Um, so I have a couple, although I think I covered one earlier mostly, but the first, yeah, it's going to be just press record, which works across all the Apple ecosystem. Uh, strongly recommend whatever $5 it is and, and try it out. Like it's, it's really cool on the new faster watch. So if you, if you don't have it worth, worth the cost of a cup of coffee, um, is this just, so a, is this just an inverted target logo? Oh, let me open up their website. Just press record. Uh, I d- yeah, I, it, I, it, no, it, but 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 yeah, no, it definitely is. But it's not though, because but then you're saying the record button, which has existed forever, is an inverted target logo. Maybe the no, that, <laughs> that, that's a that's a ridiculous thing. To say. 
<laughs> Overruled. Um, okay, fair enough. Jeez. <laughs> did did Target is a bulls? You're, you're still thinking about it, though, aren't you? No, because it's one of those things where you. It's like it's like. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> silly observation you should feel that no it's fine um but but target's a bullseye logo that's that's not terribly inventive the fact that it's target and it's a bullseye is, is pretty good but anyway what was it talking about Who, just press record it's very good uh, it's worth it's worth five dollars five dollars for ios five dollars for the mac um like it it's really good uh you have to live with it for a couple of days to really see how it comes in handy um, and again, the key thing about it is that it auto transcribes whatever you said. So not only do you just have like a like a bunch of clippings of things that you said to yourself or something, um, it actually does um, transcription, so you can easily search them and view them at a glance. So yeah, pretty good. Uh, and then my main pick is uh, the let me get an Amazon link for you. It's the Samsung T5 external SSD. Uh, send you a link. So it's a USB 3, really, really small um, uh, external solid-state disk. And I got this because, and not to color your iMac purchasing decision, but uh, sometimes, depending on what I'm working on locally on the iMac, sometimes I do have a lot of very large temporary files, which uh, gets me too close to the um, 500 gigabytes of space that's on the iMac. So this is actually a really good um, compromise that I found where it's very, very high speed external storage that's more convenient than uh, doing stuff over the network on the Synology. And also it's portable. So if I want to transfer stuff between my laptop and my iMac, it's um, super speedy and it's very small. So I would recommend it. And also it's way cheaper than I thought it would be. So a couple of questions. Um, this this is USB 3.1? What is yes? What is what does that mean? What it is, means it's super fast. So, do, but is that just like does the like does your new MacBook Pro support three point one or is it just three? I think it does, but I don't know. All I know is it does it like it's like multiple hundreds of megabytes per second. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like it. Can transfer like ten gigabytes worth of stuff in in like five seconds. Like it's it's very fast. Like when you're going SSD to SSD, like it it's alarmingly fast. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that three point one was a thing. Um, and I, also one one thing that I, like I I must commend Samsung on it. It's like it's like the anti Apple. Not that they're anti Apple on everything, but uh, it comes with both a USB C to USB C cable and a USB C to USB A cable. So you get you get both of what you need, no dongles, adapters, or nonsense required. I definitely appreciate the, um, well, I guess actually that pricing is, eh, I was going to say that the, the, the two terabyte pricing at $7.98, but if you, I guess if you have three of these, or four rather, of these 500 gigabyte ones, they would get you there. Um <laughs> Um, but no, the pricing seems super fair. Like yeah. it's way cheaper. Like I, I thought, like oh, I maybe get myself a really big flash drive or something. But like half terabyte for two hundred bucks, that seems pretty fair. So what? And so what? So then the other question I have is, so like, what are some of the the use cases you have for this? Uh, just big files. 
like if I ever want to edit like uh like a dump of Lightroom photos locally really quickly, that's kind of nice. Sometimes if I'm like transcoding large video files or working with uh big files, it's it's nice. I just don't like getting because on my Mac generally, like because I I don't turn on the thing in your 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 pick uh, iCloud photo library. Like I don't do the thing where it's just optimized storage, like all whatever twelve thousand iCloud photos I have are all stored at the the full native resolution on my Mac because I want that to be like the definitive like place where my photos live. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I only use that on my phone and iPad, but on my Mac it's the full versions. Yeah, so therefore on my on my uh iMac I only have about a hundred gigabytes of free space at a time. So therefore when I'm working on like a bunch of big files. I do prefer for them to not like I don't like getting below fifty gigs of free space on my computer just because an OS ten starts getting aggressive about doing things. So that's most of it. So when you say you're working with like a bunch of Lightroom photos, like are, are these photos that you copy from your Synology, work with on this, and then copy them like back to the Synology? Or like how does that work? It depends. Well that's not very helpful. <laughs> I mean, it just like it. It depends because like you can either because uh, I actually haven't used it for this purpose yet, which because I haven't taken a bunch of photos. But it's because the way that you can, if you are well, on the Synology, like if you want to edit really quickly on your Mac, what you can do to avoid the network latency is you can tell uh, Lightroom to build one to one previews for you in advance so that cuts down on most of the loading time because depending on whether or not like what kind of camera you have your raw files can be between 25 and 50 megs a piece so that's one way of working around it or my thought process is whenever i like have like a, a a big pile of like 30 gigs of photos or something is i can put them on this ssd do most of the the edits and parsing i want to do first on this and then dump them on the synology got it yeah, so I haven't used it for that purpose yet, but there's there are other things when like you're transcoding video um, that it, it has a real purpose. What kind of video do you transcode? Oh my goodness, you're killing me! God, it's like it's like a, it's like a, <laughs> it's, it's you're like Robert Mueller over here. Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's all my CorgiCon uh, high def uh, dog footage. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that's fair. Actually, I do have a question. But, God, it's going to be a long episode over. I have a GoPro that I've used all of two times. You have a GoPro? Should I sell it? Yes. But I might use it. <laughs> for what? This is, the struggle, this is the struggle I've had for literally two weeks. Is I have, I have why, a preponderance of evidence. Why in the world that, did you buy a GoPro? Because it was, it, was, it was a good deal. I thought I would use it. <laughs> for, for, don't use for, it. Like, what, did, what did you... Did, hmm, what, what did you imagine you using it for? I don't know. Lots of exciting things that I don't do. I mean, if you if you had had a corgi and you and you had one of those like dog harness attachments, then then I'm on board. But I would not subject my dog to that. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I have too much respect for bleep <laughs> to do that to him. I'm sorry. I'm I'm saving you the trouble of, of yeah, not naming thank you. my future. Yeah. Thank you. During that episode, did you use a bleep or did you use a dog? I, wolf? I used a dog wolf. Thank you. This is high quality, high quality production here. Not technically Good. correct. Yeah. Are we married to the name? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
Also, do you think Slack enjoys being referred to as the thing? I don't think it minds. I think they don't. I don't think they have the trademark on that. Slackbot, Slackbot's gonna get angry. Um, yeah. Oh, I, another like little mini pick of the week is I just discovered this <laughs> this today. Chef special is you can. Oh, sorry, thank you. We'll, <laughs> we'll fix that in post. This this, this loose trademark stuff. Is, uh huh. Um, you can have Slackbot remind you of things. Like if there, oh, like, like if there's a That's the... yeah, if there's a message that somebody sends you that you there's like something mm-hmm. you need to do and you like you don't want to go through the hassle of making an omnifocus task, you can just have Slackbot say, "Hey, remind me in like an hour to come back to this." That's pretty. It's pretty good. I'm like the last person in the world to realize that. I'm sure. But. I think so. <laughs> um, like what you should do, like maybe because you're. Uh, how do I say this? You're, you're, you, I don't think you ever used IRC, right? Not much, no. Okay. So Slack is very much influenced by IRC. So one, th- yeah, so that's one of the things Slackbot can do, but hit the, the forward slash on your keyboard. Uh, while I'm in Slackbot? Yes. No, while you're in anything in Slack. Uh-huh. And then you're going to see all the stuff that, like, there's a ton of additional hmm. things that, oh, what they have slash shrug? I don't need my tech expander snippet. Oh, wow. I had... Oh, no... what? What? No, okay. But yeah, so like, yeah, Slackbot, like that is the reminder thing is like the most basic thing that it does. But yeah, no, like do the Slash thing. And depending on what integrations you have enabled on your Slack team, which apparently now is called a Slack workspace, um, you can see all the stuff that it does. Hmm. Yeah. Shruggy guy. So now I can get rid of... Well, actually, no, like, I'll keep it because I, I like having it system wide. But yeah. <laughs> Semicolon SH gets me shruggy guy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, did we finish the pick of the week? I, I think we did. A chef special. Yeah. <laughs> so you had God the you had your <laughs> just press record and the Samsung T5 portable SSD, 500 gigabyte USB 3.1 external SSD, and that's mo- model number MU PA 500B forward slash AM for those keeping track at home. <laughs> 